0: Welcome on into yet another episode of Fantasy Intervention. I'm excited for this one, right? Because this one, the waivers are absolutely a mess. So I'm coming to you live with Nate. I'm coming to you live here with James. And we're going to sit there. We're actually going to talk about some of these waivers and where we can actually find value and which, guys, we're completely off of. So, with that being said, Nate, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell everybody where they can find you.
1: What's up, guys? I am Nate. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at JanateJack2017. Um, I also write for Inbetween Media in-betweenmedia.com, at IBT underscore media on Twitter, and with the Join Our Circle crew as well. All right, James, Chef, what's up, man? How you doing?
2: Good, bud. Good. Doing well. Um, uh... Like Chase said, my name is James. Uh, You can find me at FF underscore chef on Twitter. Um, Doing stuff on my website, the tilt is You can find me over at ball blast. I'm writing for them as well. And of course, join our circle underscore uh, doing the fantasy six pack every week with Corey Spela and Juan Carlos Pena.
0: Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. We got it coming to you guys hot and heavy this week. You know, it's something as to where we're trying to sift through this, right? We're trying to figure all this out. And, you know, James over here puts out this this picture, which I'm about to bring up, right? It's this waiver wire heroes, right? And, you know, I love following it. And more importantly, I love tearing it up, right? (laughs) It's either we we like to break it down. We like to build it up. There's certain guys that I absolutely love from this. There's also certain guys that I kind of want to fade. And seeing a lot of these other posts, you know, around the industry and stuff, you typically don't get the opportunity to, you know, really look into it into depth. And, you know, you just take advice from some of these industry heads. So it's something as to where I wish that I could just throw up something on the screen, you know, and just kind of tear it down or build it up to an extent. So with you being part of the join our circle team at join our circle underscore, you know, fantasy intervention, you know, I I came to you and I was like, dude, like, this is the perfect setup for both of us. You know, this is something as to where we can promote your stuff. Yeah, we can take a deeper look into some of these things that could actually be tricks. So let's go ahead and dive into this. And guys, guess what week it is, right? Guess what time it is. It is, of course. Wait, do you guys want to guess first? Do you guys want to guess what I'm going with this? Because I purposely left it off. It's the most wonderful time of the year. What time is that? It's playoffs, playoff baby. time, baby. Let's go. It's playoff time. And that's obviously a huge, huge aspect to our industry. You know, these people that have been following us since day one, you know, they're in here to win it. They're here to take home their trophy, right? And guess what? If you guys go and actually go purchase a trophy, right? TrophySmack.com and you use promo code circle, you'll actually get a free $60 ring to go along with that. So you can sit there and you can flick off that free ring you know, to whatever competitor wish that they won, you know, maybe the, the loser, maybe the person that got in second place. Cause if you're not first you you're last, meanwhile, you can put that massive trophy that you bought for yourself up on, on your mantle, you know, up on the mantle, right above the chimney, you know, maybe right in front of your wife's picture, whatever that case is, you can put it up there, right? Nate, you're on the same page as me, right?
1: Oh yeah, dude. I would love to have a trophy for my mantle. <laughs> I'd like to have multiple trophies for my mantle, like eight, nine, 10, 20, who knows?
0: Yeah, once again, that is trophysmack.com promo code circle. But more importantly, guys, with playoff time being here, this is something as to where you've gotten here because of your players, right? You've gotten here because of your roster overall. You know, there's been certain leagues that I've been able to finesse, you know, wins. I actually got a championship one year after, you know, finessing my roster every single week, just playing these waiver wire pickups and almost streaming every single position. But that's not the way that you most people end up getting to their championships. Most of the people get there to their championships because of their base of the roster they built. So if this base ends up getting depleted like it could, since we're going into week 13 over here, you know, your roster could be torn up. So this is handcuff season, guys. This is handcuff season. This is the most crucial part of the time or the most crucial time of the year to grab your backups. Like I'm not advocating people go out and draft Alexander Madison. I don't even care if you have Dalvin Cook. Like, I'm not going out and saying that you should do that. With Ezekiel Elliott, I'm not saying you should go out there and draft Pollard. But this is the time of year where you actually need to go and hop on your handcuffs. You know, when we sit there, we look at some of these guys who can end up taking over. You know, Alexander Madison is is pretty much like the perfect example because Dalvin Cook gets banged up. And typically the Vikings like to kind of, you know, save Alvin cook for the playoffs and they are making a playoff push by the way, especially with the NFC and how bad these divisions are. You know, we could look at, at Derrick Henry, who sometimes has a tendency to get a little bit banged up and we've seen McNichols step into a backup role. You know, we've seen Deontay Foreman step into a backup role, you know, even with wide receivers, there are handcuffs, to wide receivers in some perspectives, right? Like I'm not sitting there and going out. I guess the, the perfect example, by the way, is the Falcons, Right. Because you have certain players that will step into certain roles when certain guys get hurt. But, you know, like there are actual handcuffs. So like Van Jefferson, which is gross for me to say for the Rams and Josh Reynolds, like these guys are actual pickups. So if you have a stud that has a significant role in this offense, you need to get the replacement in there. And, you know, whether you're sitting there and, and trying to trade for them, if you guys don't have trade deadlines or you're actually going in there and you're picking them up off waivers, this is the time of the year. So. With that being said, you know, there are certain guys that, that we're going to be checking out, you know, guys that are going to be taking over for the Wolf Fuller, which we'll go into here in a little bit, you know, certain guys that, that you might want to hold on to, like a Carryon on Johnson who performed pretty well over the Thanksgiving week. But in all reality, we have to break down and we have to look at these exact connections and also try and find guys that might have a bigger opportunity in the upcoming weeks to come, upcoming weeks to come in the upcoming weeks. <laughs> So let's go ahead and start out with the streaming quarterback since that's where we go almost every single week. I'm going to go ahead and bring up your page real quick. And we are going to talk about, here it is, drum roll please, Kirk Cousins up first for your quarterback position. Go ahead and tell us real quick, James, why you like Kirk Cousins, you know, why he's a waiver wire pickup, you know, and why I was dead wrong last week.
2: Yeah, I mean, the chips fell in my favor, Chase. Uh, Kirk Cousins now currently sitting at QB 12 off of back-to-back weeks with 300-plus yards, three touchdowns, and 21 fantasy points. Uh, No Adam Thielen, no problem. He had Justin Jefferson step in, 13 targets. He hooked up with him for seven for 70 and two touchdowns. Even with a chipped-up Dalvin Cook, it could go the other way. Like you were saying with Alexander Madison, they may want to rest cook a little bit later on in the season. And I think Kirk cousin obviously gets, gets it done against the Jags this week, 30th against the quarterback, allowing 21 points uh, per game to the quarterback position. I I don't see it being a problem with Kirk cousins going forward.
1: Yeah. Nate, where are you standing on this? So I've kind of shifted my opinion after looking at a few things. I mean, he hasn't been horrible. He had he had that one week, week two against Indy where I was negative 1.4 points. I think people in Scott Fishbowl, he was like negative 20 points. (laughs) Real bad, like bad, bad. But I mean, really, so the last three weeks, four weeks, 26 points against Detroit, 21 points against Chicago. 29 against Dallas, and then 33 against Carolina. They've got Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, Chicago, and New Orleans coming up. The only one there that really concerns me is New Orleans. I mean, otherwise, those are I think those are good matchups. And if Cook is banged up and they do want to rest him, and you've got Justin Jefferson out there, I love Cousins. I I really do like this one a lot.
0: So for me, you know, and my whole deal with it last time, by the way, last week was the fact that I didn't know that he would see the volume. And you know, by the way, like the the who is it the panthers defense right like they normally don't stop the running back on a regular basis i thought davin cook was going to have a hell of a day instead he goes out there and puts up what like 19 rushes for 61 yards yeah. or something on the lines
2: yeah like you 14 know, points
0: it was bad like it was it was absolutely brutal so when you sit there and you know you're in a losing position because your running back can't move the ball in a run based offense then of course you know he's going to have to throw a little bit more often than thought but in all reality if we sit there and we look back at it right like Yeah, the Panthers were up 21 to 10 up against the Vikings. But overall, the Vikings might have played a slightly better game. You know, we're sitting there, we're looking at it. And if Jeremy Chin didn't get two of those back-to-back fumble scoop and scores, then guess what? Like, this would have been a blowout, essentially. You know, we're talking about a 15-point difference. So, for me... I'm not sitting there and looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars as a team that has been able to stop the run. And although it's the same exact narrative that I used last week, I think last week was more of a freak, you know, happening. Well, obviously it was a freak happening. It was the first time in NFL history that a rookie defense player got back to back plays for scoop and score touchdowns. Um, You know, it's something as to where the, I, I just don't see that rushing floor being as low as it was this past week. I mean, this is the second highest pass run ratio so far they've seen the season up against the Jaguars. Like I, I just don't know if Kirk cousins is going to pass 30 or 40 times. I could see him passing 20 or 30 times or 20 to 25 times similar to last week. And I don't know if that's enough to get you over the hump. Now in this past week, when it came to the quarterback position, it was absolutely brutal. So if it's anything like it was this past <laughs> week, you're talking about cashing in, but I do want to bring up somebody though. That's probably going to be available in a lot of these deeper leagues. And this isn't somebody that I'm telling you to pick up in a 10 team or 12 team league, but Glennon, right. Who hung up 18 on the Browns without DJ Chark, without Chris Conley. You know, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this upcoming matchup this week up against the Minnesota Vikings. And Glennon, he hasn't been ter- terrible for fantasy, kind of, question mark? No, he's been actually really bad, to be honest with you. Um, but if you're desperate, if you're in two quarterback leagues, you know this is a perfect opportunity for him to absolutely smash up against Minnesota, who has not been able to shut down quarterbacks until they faced a very hurt Teddy Bridgewater. So, anyways, let's go on to, to our next guy over there, right? We have Jared Goff from the Tilt Israel podcast. Over there with James, he picked Jared Goff as his next quarterback.
2: Yeah, uh, I know he didn't do that well last week, um, and, but he's owned only 49.9%. That means half the leagues out there, he is available to be picked up and played. He gets a divisional matchup this week versus Arizona. And fun fact, last year, week 13 versus the Cardinals, he went 32 on 43 attempts and threw the ball for 432 yards with two touchdowns. That's a smash play for fantasy. Uh, I I think he will have to keep up with Kyler Murray and that high flying Cliff Kingsbury offense. Uh, The turnovers are a little bit concerning, be it that he is second most in the league. But I think he's a great fill in for Tom Brady and Teddy Bridgewater uh, for those who have them on a bye week by this week.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't hate that on a bye week. I mean, the turnovers concern me, but then also he'll come out and he'll throw three touchdowns. I mean, he didn't do that this past week, but he did the week before. He's just been so inconsistent and he looks lost in the pocket to me, just like on an eye test. I don't love it. Um, But yeah, I mean, if you, there are worse options. I mean, I'd rather take Goff over Mike Glennon.
2: What do you think, Chase?
0: That one's actually a little bit closer for me than what, I was actually thinking in the first place. Now I, I picked off last week. I thought golf was going to have a monster week this past week. Instead he goes out and he's, he's been having like these weird performances. I mean, sitting there looking at it four touchdowns, six interceptions, four fumbles over the last four games. I mean, it's not only just the, the turnovers, he's not throwing touchdowns and, you know, I would sit there and expect for some of these running backs and everything to produce, but nothing's really happening with this offense. It's almost like they're falling back into this regressive state. that They saw about midpoint wave, or midpoint through the, the the season last year so with that being said the cardinals have started to blitz a little bit more often which has wreaked havoc in in the backfields for a lot of different teams and i know the throughout process you know comes to just passing the ball and it being like a high scoring type game between two of the better quarterbacks in the league but i just don't know if that's the case this defense is really good and they could keep uh they could keep Kyler Murray from scoring a bunch of points. I mean, Kyler Murray has been really good up against terrible teams, but there's been a few weeks where he's been, you know, at least limited when it comes to the offensive output. So there's a chance that we see this game honestly be what 21 to 20 type game or 24 to 20. Like, I don't think that's outside of the range of outcomes. And if that's the case and these running backs get two touchdowns, Jared Goff turns the ball over a couple of times, only you know throws for one because they want to take the ball out of Jared Goff's hands. That makes me nervous, especially if I'm pushing for a playoff spot. Now, last week I talked about going into a schedule and how sexy his schedule looked. But if you're not able to turn the corner here, I just, it, it makes me super, super nervous rolling him out there. So, you know, as to Mike and like that doesn't make me feel any better by the way. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it's sitting there as to like, Hey, this is kind of like a toss up, but I think I'd rather go in a different direction with both these guys.
2: Yeah. It's all based uh, it's all based off of uh, availability and what you have out there. And, the next quarterback that we will be talking about, um, he, he's available as well, and I, I don't see the thing Go on ahead. the screen. Pop oh, his name, oh, there, baby, it, it's coming. Yeah, so it, it, it's kind of crazy to say it, and and at first when I was doing the research, I'm like, oh, this is going to be gross. But then I looked more into it. Philip Rivers, man, he's facing Houston this week. They're twentieth against the quarterback, allowing 19.1 fantasy points per game. Uh, yes the run game will be able to move the ball and it should open up the play action for, for rivers this week in the last three weeks, he's actually QB seven putting up six touchdowns on a 65.8 completion percentage, averaging 19.2 fantasy points per game in weeks, 13 through 15, he faces Houston twice and the Raiders. I I think he can get it done here. And like we said about Goff, I mean, if you're looking for, Uh, a fantasy fill-in for week 13 uh he may be your guy
1: yeah i'm with you man and especially you look at his schedule he got houston twice and vegas wedged in between like and he's been playing well so that just kind of makes me lean towards he's a great fill-in guy and in a two quarterback league if you're looking for a better second quarterback because you've lost burrow or you've got bridgewater on a buy or you've got brady on a buy like grab him I, I love it. I I like Philip Rivers maybe a little more than I should, I guess, than most people do, even in his advanced age. Um, I especially wish you'd throw the ball to Michael Pittman more. Yeah. He broke my heart, man. He oh. broke my
0: freaking heart. Yeah. I and I'm really mad at heart. him for it. Oh, man. This is a tough one for me because he did end up breaking my heart. But I can't get behind this one. I can. I can get behind this one. It makes me feel a little bit better, right? Listen. I hated that he didn't target Pittman last week. And the ones that he did target him in, like they were atrocious throws. Like they weren't yeah. even close. They he missed Pittman open multiple times, a couple times in the red zone as well. Then when Brissett came in towards the end of the game, Brissett was just overthrowing him, underthrowing. It was ugly. Those nine targets were not really nine targets for Pittman, which we'll get into here in a minute. But the Texans, right, they're gonna be missing, you know, their top cornerback. And he was the only decent guy on this entire defense. Like it's the only spot where I'm like, "Uh, I don't know if I want to play that player up against this guy. If it was like a mid range player. Now they don't have him. So you can pretty much throw anywhere. So rivers over there is probably my top waiver pickup for the quarterback position this week. So yeah, we're definitely on the same page with this one, my friend. Now I wanted to bring up somebody that I would pick over both Jared Goff and over. who was the other guy, Kirk cousins. Um, That's going to be, it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, baby. He's back. He's back. He's back. Ah, love it. He's got the Bengals, right? Dude was like fifth or six in fantasy points this past week. And he's slinging it in another matchup, one of these. So yeah, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, I, I think that he's going to come back and win people's fantasy championships. I was saying it back in like what week three or four, whenever they replaced him. I was like, for, something feels weird here. Like they're going to pull two at towards the tail end of the season. I feel like, and, and, Fitzpatrick's going to get another chance. They just wanted to go in the playoffs with Fitzpatrick and he did a couple of shitty games in a row. They wouldn't be able to sit there and justify playing him over Fitzpatrick. So they're going to take him out for the hard part of the season when they play the Rams, when they have some of these tougher matchups and they're going to bring him back in towards the tail end of the season and boom, there he is. I think the juice is worth the squeeze on this matchup. I'm streaming him, baby. He is sexy to me. Ryan Fitzpatrick. What's up, man?
2: Yeah, no, I can, I can get behind that a little bit. Uh, His availability is only 21.5% owned. So if Tua doesn't get back into that starting rotation this week against Cincinnati, yeah, sure. Fire, fire Fitzpatrick up. I I don't have a problem with it.
1: I, I love Fitzpatrick. And I think that Cincinnati, the only one that worries me is the Kansas city game. Then you've got new England and Las Vegas. If you're trying to ride him in a championship He's got weapons, and he's shown what he can do with the guys that are there. I mean, he's 22 points, 22, 34, 22, 30, 28. Yeah, that's insane. And, like he's and, like, now, God, and now he's back out up. there. I know. I've, I read some things earlier today that said that Tua might be coming back this week. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think they, they've got to ride Fitzpatrick the rest of the way. He gives him the best shot to win if that's what they want to do, they want to get to the playoffs. Fitzpatrick's the guy who's going to get them. They're not too. Uh...
0: I couldn't agree more. So let's go ahead. We got wide receivers up next, correct? Or running backs up next, correct? Yep. yep. All right. Let's hop onto this running back train. And let's start out with who's your first
2: guy over there. Oh, my first guy. And I don't know how he is owned, but uh, he's not owned rather is JK Dobbins. And if he's available on your waiver wire today, go out and grab him and possibly even play him this week. As you see his opponent, Pittsburgh, with the asterisk next to it, you could still pick him up and play him. If, if you pivoted earlier and, and went out and got Gus Edwards last week, you can go ahead and grab J.K. Dobbins and, and feel a little bit more confident going up against Pittsburgh this week. And then he's got the matchup next week against Dallas. I, I think he can be a smash. He is the primary running back in this system.
0: Yeah, I mean, this whole thing with the waivers right now is a giant clusterfuck. So I don't really know when your waivers actually pass. I push mine in the leagues that I'm in or that I'm commissioning to Thursday. So that way we can see what kind of happens with this Pittsburgh game. But I mean, honestly, like I'm sitting there looking at the fact that J.K. Dobbins could either be a league winner by being a handcuff type play. if, If Ingram goes out or something like that, or he could completely destroy your team and implode because there are weeks where he does not produce. You know, but looking at the schedule, man, the schedule is sexy. Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, New- uh, the Giants, Cincinnati. Like, that's a sexy-ass schedule that I want to absolutely have ownership in. So, J.K. Dobbins, if he's not owned, needs to be on the roster at least. You don't have to play him. but You at least have to have him on the roster.
1: Yeah, my only worry is, is Harbaugh going to use him? Because you keep thinking he's going to get all these carries, then Harbaugh just doesn't do it. <sighs> it makes me nervous, but I've also got him rostered, like, in four leagues. So, obviously, I believe in him. I would just wish John Harbaugh would.
0: Yeah. It's definitely scary. I'm, I'm going to playing up against Dallas for sure. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. Jacksville in most cases, but I might hold off on him in the championship week up against the giants to be honest. Yeah.
2: Anyway, yeah, it, all, it all depends on how he turns out against, I want to see what he can do against Pittsburgh. If he does play that, that, that would be a telltale sign on how you can utilize him moving forward.
0: Well, let's um, talk about your next guy. So then we can pull this off the screen. And let's talk about James White, who, by the way, you did not miss last week, although I thought you did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, man, I, I he, we talked about him last week, and we didn't he didn't let us down. I mean, he, he was great. He was absolutely great, uh, James White, man, he was he was awesome. He, he had some he had some great passes passing work. He was the lead running back in that system for for uh, the Patriots this week. And then now he's got the Chargers up next on the schedule. So I, like we said, Rex Burkhead being out, James White was going to get the targets. Uh, he really didn't get too many targets in this one, but I think moving forward, it, it stays the same. And you can, you can ride him this week against the Chargers.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week. Like he was the number one waiver wire pickup for me last week. And there's only four guys who finished above him who had like more points with less ownership. One of them is Tavius Murray, by the way, who Cooter Doodle called out. So big shout out to Cooter Doodle over there. She called him out on Wednesday. You guys want to check out our Wednesday show tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Make sure you guys join in. We got a full cast, full team of guys and girls over there to entertain you guys. But yeah, she called it last Wednesday. So when it comes to James White, I'm going to still... I'm going to still play him if I need to up against the chargers, but after that, I'm going to go play it by ear and play it by matchup. Like I'm not saying he's an every week start after this. I will most likely start him in this upcoming matchup. If I, if you know, as a flex option, that is a starting running back, but he's a guy that at least should be owned minimum. I'm just hoping you guys didn't miss your chance with the past two weeks. Him scoring what 28 points or
1: 29 points combined. Yeah. 29. Yeah. So You guys might have
0: missed a chance, but I'm still going to play him this week.
1: It was a little concerning to me. He only got one target last week, but then going through, like that's quite an anomaly. I I would expect that to pick up again this week.
2: All right. What about the next guy you have on there? Cam Akers. Yeah, Cam Akers. I mean, he's coming off of back-to-back weeks with a touchdown. More of a stash play for me, um, like a quiet kind of handcuff. Not a lot of people talking about him and his uptick uh, in – in ownership is starting to increase, but I I think uh, he might be something of, like I said, a stash play going up against the Cardinals and the Patriots. But if something were to happen to Henderson, I I think Cam Akers could be a smash in weeks 15 and 16 going up against the Jets and Seattle.
0: Yeah. I mean, as an individual option, I don't love him at all. Like I'm not a huge fan of, of Cam Akers being like that guy that's going to, take touches away from Malcolm Brown and he's going to be starting running back when Henderson is there. I don't see that happening. You know, when it comes to being a handcuff, that's great, but you also still have to keep in mind that, that, you know, Brown is there and Henderson. So for him to get a significant workload, he would have to beat out both those guys. Now he does have a great schedule coming up, but when you sit there and you break down the past two games that he's had, he punched one of or his only look when it came to a, a target in the red zone that made him relevant in the previous week. And then this past week, he had the biggest hole that any running back has seen this entire season. He took him for 58 yards, but then he got caught from behind by like three different guys. You know, that was one of the big knocks with Cam Aker, not having that breakaway speed, not having, you know, that elite, at, uh, elite athleticism, which by the way, I still like Cam Aker's, but I just don't love his situation, you know, going forward as an option to dump your fab dollars onto. Now, if you have Brown, if you have Henderson, then yes, you want to own this guy. But as an individual, I guess, uh, player that you want to own as a running back, I think he's more of a roster clock for some of those guys that don't know when they're going to be able to play him and are holding him in hopes that he ends up going off. Like I said, just burning a roster spot. I mean, we take a look this past week once again, just to revisit that. He had less than three yards per carry if you take out that 50 yard run. And that's pretty much the story of his entire season so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, with that situation, like you said, if you're not if you don't have one of the other two guys on your roster, I would want Acres. It, that running back by committee is too risky, especially going into the playoffs. I just, I just don't like it.
0: Yeah, it's not like a Boston Scott backup for Miles Sanders. You know, like where he's going to immediately step in and get sixty to eighty percent of the workload. He still has two other guys to beat out, and he's going to be lucky to see you know even fifty percent of the workload because they'll probably bring in another running back. Right. So, you know, it, it's something as to where I need to see. That that major role and to waste a roster spot at this time of the year, I'd rather handcuff one of my own players instead of handcuffing somebody else's when I don't even know how the playoffs are going to shake out. Right. All right. So who's on your next spot over there for the running back position?
2: Well, we're sticking with the handcuffs uh, theme today, and and up next is Benny Snell, and it's Snell's shot to show out this week up against Baltimore. He will be the primary back, and in Week One, the last time he got a majority of the snap share. Uh, 19 attempts, 113 yards and a touchdown. He is that last minute ad. If he's available, you grab him, especially if you're the Connor owner. Um, we all know that Connor in the past has been in and out with injuries and he pretty much has faded in the back half of the, of the season so far. So yeah, grab Benny Snell. He, he's a great handcuff and he may be a, a low-end RB2 this week.
0: I will take Benny Snell to an extent. But go ahead. What were you
1: saying? Oh, I was going to say this week. Yeah, I think he could be a good play this week, but I mean, really, he's just kind of a handcuff guy for me. As long as Connor is playing, which, with COVID and his situation, who knows what's going to happen with him the next couple of weeks? If you've got the room for him, I'm just not going to spend much fab on him.
0: I mean, when it comes to me, like I'm just, and three out of the past four, they've abandoned the run. You know, they've gotten to the point where the Steelers are back to where they were with with you know Antonio Brown passing the ball 550 times a season. You know, and it's kind of shocking to an extent, but this past four games, that's what it's looked like. So with Benny Snell, sure, you can handcuff him. But once again, as an individual option, even if James Conner gets hurt, we don't really know the upside that Benny Snell could have. You know, I'm not sitting there trying to trying to own or spend a bunch of fab on Benny Snell unless I have him. Now, I do want to talk about my number one waiver wire pickup of the week and somebody that we already brought up because Cooter Doodle protected it. But that's Latavius Murray for me. I mean, he's been melting faces with Taysom Hill out there, quarterback. And Kamara, he's been non existent because he's not seeing those same checkdowns. Murray has a better grasp of what the Saints want to do on this offense. And he's a better blocker, too, when it comes to the RPO. Do they have a land on the schedule next week? I think this could absolutely be a smash play for Latavius Murray, although Atlanta, by the way, has been better up against the running backs. I still think that they could smash this week trying to defend up against the RPO, which Atlanta has not seen a lot of so far this season.
1: Nate? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have nothing to add. I mean, you said everything I was thinking. I've always Latavius Murray kind of reminds me of Mark Ingram when he was in New Orleans, that type of runner. Yep. And with Taysom Hill, I mean, clearly he's getting more carries. He had 19 carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns against Denver. Not to say he's going to repeat that performance necessarily, but I think he's got a pretty – his ceiling could be decent for the playoffs. I don't
2: hate it. Yeah, no, I not I'm sorry, uh, go ahead.
1: No, I was just say you can't
2: argue with Cooter Noodle, man. <laughs> no, yeah, <you> <laughs> no, we definitely don't argue with Cooter Doodle no. and 46.3% ownership of Latavius Murray. He's available. And if you are the Camaro owner, you definitely need to go grab him as a handcuff going into the playoffs, especially since Breeze may not come back until week 15. So we could see more Murray going forward, at least for the next couple of weeks.
0: All right, I just want to mention a couple other guys. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but Devontae Booker, if you have Josh Jacobs, should have already been rostered. And I hate him, but he's a guy that, that needs to be rostered if he's not already by Josh Jacob owners. I don't love him as an independent play, but if you're trying to you know maybe block a guy that you're competing with to get into the playoffs, I could see that as a potential block if you're willing to spend like five bucks on it and that other guy has like nothing. Um, I know I, that made you you know sick, Nate, but yeah, I threw it it is, my mouth
1: just just a little.
0: <laughs> but uh, DeAndre Washington, I'm willing to take a shot on again if he's the starter. You know, if we see Salvin Ahmed out and Gaskin out as well, I'm going to take one more shot on him up against the Bengals should be a very easy matchup. And in deep leagues, I like DeAndre Washington. Now the wide receivers where the money's at this week, right? Cause there are so many wide receivers. There's so much opportunity that's popping up. There are people coming back from injuries. Everybody's getting ready for the playoffs. They're gearing up. They're ready to rock and roll. So let's go ahead and start out with the first guy that you have up there for the, wide receiver
2: position. And that is Jacoby Myers. He has stayed consistent with his target share outside of week 11, where they ran the ball a lot against Houston. He has double digit fantasy points in every game, except that Texans game. And his floor is pretty safe and he's easily become Newton's go-to guy on third down situations. I think you can roll with Jacoby Myers going forward.
0: Go ahead. I know you're going to agree with him, Nate. So go on,
1: <laughs> Just roll with it. I agree. I like Jacoby Myers. He's become a favorite target of Newton. Who knows what's going on with Edelman? I mean, is he going to be effective when and if he comes back? He's a good short range guy. Newton can't throw the ball super deep. Myers is that guy that's running some of those underneath routes. I like it. I like him a lot. I, if he, I can't believe that we're talking about him as a waiver wire ad still, I figured he'd be far more rostered than he is.
2: Yeah. It's pretty crazy. His availability.
1: Yeah,
0: so I love Jacoby Myers, you know, going back to last year when he was still, you know, an undrafted free agent. I I love Jacoby Myers. Like I thought he was, you know, the guy to own in this offense. Now, he ended up dropping a few balls. Tom Brady didn't like him, so he made his way to the bench. But with that being said, this schedule upcoming is absolutely brutal for Jacoby Myers. And it's something as to where it makes me nervous to play him. I mean, we look at this upcoming game, right? and he's got the chargers and you've got you've got hayward over there he could shut down this paxton attack you know then you have edelman potentially coming back after that edelman could end up taking those snaps away from the slot now he's talking about you know split snaps in the slot if he goes back to the outside where he has been playing dude these the schedule is absolutely insane i mean we talked about like the dolphins the rams are just two of them that i know off top of my head not to mention the chargers we just brought up so oh yeah here it is uh yeah, Miami, Los Angeles Rams and Buffalo. So he's going to see Tredavious White. He's going to see Patrick, or, uh, not Patrick Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey. And he's going to see either Xavier Howard or Byron Jones. Like that's not something that I want my, my wide receiver to be up against. So I played Jacob Myers all over the place. I think this is going to be the point where I'm going to pump the brakes and go a different direction.
2: Hmm. Fair enough. Well, I mean, if you have to go in a different direction, Chase, you can go out there and still pick up Alan Lazard somehow, some way, only owned in 27% of ESPN leagues. This is a no-brainer here. All right. He scored a touchdown this past week against the Bears, who are the fourth best against fantasy wide receivers. So why is he not owned? He's obviously the second or third option in the Packers offensive receiving core, but Rodgers trusts him. And when Rogers trusts someone, you need that someone on your roster. And it's Alan Lazard.
0: Yeah. I mean, with, you know, with this matchup, they were going to attack Jalen Johnson. That was obvious. And that's what they did. I mean, you're not going to attack Kyle Fuller. You're not going to attack that slot. Like you're going to attack Jalen Johnson. So that's what they did. It was very successful. They started out attacking, I think it was Buster Screen to you know, try and make them think they were going underneath, and then they just hit art time and time again over top. So that was going to happen. Zard should be rostered. I don't think we need to spend much time talking about it. He should already be on rosters. Cool. All right. Yeah. All right, <laughs> next
2: go. guy. Go ahead. Oh, this is one of my favorites. Denzel Mims for the New York Jets. Uh, he's had at least seven targets in four out of the five last of games that he's played. He's only played in five games this year. In Weeks 13, they get the Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, and the Browns. They will have to throw the ball. Denzel Mims has four three eight speed, and in his senior year in college, he was the second in contested catches with 20. I think even with Donald throwing him the ball, he will do well going down the stretch in the last leg of the season, go out and get some Denzel Mims, and he is old sticky paws from the Baylor Bears. He will definitely be grabbing some of that sweet, sweet end zone by the end of the season.
0: Yeah, his roster is just dirty. That's all I got to say. Like, yeah. you to be he could be a league winner.
1: Yep. But go ahead, Nate, if you want to elaborate. Oh, I, just, I mean, 80 plus, 90 plus snap shares. Uh, he's on the field all the time. He's getting the targets. I, like, Chef, like you said, eight, seven, eight, and seven outside of that one week against Kansas City, where only had three, but that's Kansas City i think this guy if he's somehow out there on waivers in your league go get him all right well said enough said
0: all right let's go on to the next guy who should already be owned as well like this is like yeah, this is we crazy talk- and i think it just breaks down to the fact that a lot of these people and a lot of these receivers like they're out of it so a lot of these players are going to be a lot less owned than what it looks like so you need to go check your waivers for these guys you know, I'm not saying, you know, don't go check your waivers for these guys, but in a lot of the leagues that aren't going to be as competitive, you're going to see some of these guys kind of just, you know, not attaching themselves to rosters. So this next guy is somebody that has to be on.
2: Yeah. Nelson Aguilar, we had talked about him last week. He made our list and we were all expecting another breakout. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case as the Raiders couldn't get it done against Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. It was really ridiculous. Um, with that being said, he still had five for fifty-four on six targets, which is a nice solid floor. If it, and we've seen him boo boom over twenty points, so I think, like Nate said last week, uh, his game log looks like Morse code: one up, one down, one up, one down. But I, I think after seeing him up against Atlanta, even when the when the Raiders didn't do a good job, uh, and we saw that kind of a floor game, ten point four fantasy points. I think. Uh, I stay true to him moving forward into into week 13 against the Jets.
0: Yep. I don't really have anything else to add, Nate. So if you want to roll off this, you're good.
1: I said the magic words. They're playing the Jets. <laughs> I mean, that's all that's all I've got.
0: All right. So on to this next guy, before you actually name him, he should already be rostered as well. And I don't care about this past week. Those targets were stupid. Like it was so dumb. They could not hit him with any sort of accuracy. So go ahead. Tell us about this next guy.
2: Yeah, we already had talked about. um, I'm sorry. Phillip rivers. We already talked about Phillip rivers. So it may seem like we're picking on the Texans a little bit, but uh, we mentioned Pittman last week, like you said, yeah. but we should be picking on the Houston Texans. Exactly. I think uh, Pittman, Michael Pittman, he gets back on track in week 13 and then he goes up against Vegas and then Houston again in week 15. You definitely want him over Hilton, who put up four for 81 and, and everybody's like, oh, rush to the waiver wire and go grab T.Y. Hilton. Now that he actually had a fantasy relevant day. No, that is not the case. Michael Pittman is the wide receiver you want in that offense.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I talked about, targets were wildly inaccurate, but he still saw nine of them. You know, I feel Bravers can tame his arm down a little bit and stop throwing these just bizarre balls from time to time. Michael Pittman will be in there. He'll be a lock, man. He will be a lock. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. You want to bounce on the next guy? Let's do it. Who we have up
2: next? Scrolling down. We've got, go ahead. This is your. All right. All right. So I, I know I'm going to get some scrutiny on this one. We already talked about Jacoby Myers. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick a little bit on Julian Edelman here. He's on the COVID reserve list right now. He's coming off of IR. So he's on two reserve lists, which is quite frankly scary. But think about it. In weeks one, in week one, he, he smashed. Okay. And then now he, he has to finish. If I'm sorry, if the Patriots want to get into the playoffs, they need to have a solid connection with their receivers. Edelman is that go-to receiver in the offense. When Edelman comes back, Jacoby Myers will be pushed to the outside. That's another reason why I like Jacoby Myers to stretch the field and He's a stash for me. Weeks 15 and 16 against the Dolphins and the Bills. If Edelman comes back, you have to play him. He will be the number one wide receiver in that offense.
0: Yeah, with me, I'm staying away from Edelman. Like, I don't even know if they're going to have to pass in those games that you mentioned. You know, they might just run the ball constantly. And he was all right in week one and then boomed in week two. But he sucked after that. Uh, Meanwhile, he has Jacoby Myers, who's playing the slot that he's going to have to split snaps with. And yeah, I mean, it's just hasn't been a very efficient passing offense as a whole thing. So yeah, it, I'm not sitting there and looking at Julian Edelman as a, a must and or somebody that I actually even want to pick up. I'm gonna leave him on waivers. Very similar to why, you know, I'm kind of over Jacob Myers for the rest of the season. You know, I don't think both these guys could be successful in an offense that doesn't pass. All right. All right. So I want to know one thing, James. James. <laughs> James, how are you going to leave my boy Colin Johnson off this damn list, huh?
2: Oh, uh, like, man, you can't go chasing the points. Don't chase the points. James. It's
0: not chasing the points. It's chasing the production. Both him and Gabriel Davis have had just out of this world weeks so far this season. And I know that it's inconsistent. But to be honest with you guys, both Colin Johnson and Gabriel Davis both performed, outperformed every single person on this waiver wire list so far. Now. As for Johnson, you know, yeah, he he has Shark and Conley, who both could be coming back. But neither one practiced last week, and they got Minnesota, then Tennessee. This is a young team looking to build this offense. Meanwhile, we sit there and we look at it, and both Keenan Allen, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Keelan Cole, and we have, who is she? No, uh, Conley. TJ
2: Shark. Both
0: both Conley and Cole are slotted to become free agents Mm -hmm. this upcoming year. so would they rather sit there and roll out these guys who want to be part of the team or do they want to take a shot and see what this guy who just put up an amazing week actually has to offer them in the future. So maybe they don't have to spend as much draft capital on wide receivers. You know, I'm thinking that they roll out in 2021, Johnson, Chenault and Chark. Like that's going to be the starting lineup for the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2021. They're going to see what they have in this guy. And with that schedule coming up, I'm seeing that we could see, you know, Colin Johnson flash, especially up against Minnesota and Tennessee. I'm going to be picking him up. I might not play him unless I'm desperate up against Minnesota, but if he does well up against Minnesota, he's a smash play for me up against Tennessee. And we'll see where it goes from there. I want him on my roster prior to anybody else grabbing him, though. When I can still throw a buck at him or maybe not even spend a a waiver wire bid, like, dude, I want him on my roster. He could be an absolute monster in the red zone. Now, Gabriel Davis, right? John Brown isn't expected to be back anytime soon. And anytime that he gets a significant amount of snaps, like, He puts up points and we're talking about one of the best passing offenses in this league. And he's at minimum, the third option, if not the second option, you're telling me you don't want the second option. One of the best uh, passing offenses in the league. Come on. Gabriel Davis is an absolute pickup and a play in some cases where we see Cole Beasley with a tougher matchup in the slot. I love Gabriel Davis tougher schedule, but I want the number two in, in this passing offense. Same.
2: I I like Gabriel Davis, especially in, in dynasty formats, but he is hard to peg for me because he's only had more, no more than five targets in one game this season. He is a true boom or bust that I don't want to risk my fantasy trophy on, but yes, like you said, for, for dynasty purposes, I, I, I do like Colin Johnson, especially with the points you made, um, especially if they get another quarterback in Jacksonville and, and Davis moving forward. Yeah. John Brown, he's most likely out of here. Uh, sooner rather than later
0: all right another flyer this one's more of a flyer for me gabriel davis is a real pickup and play by the way depending on the matchup that cole beasley has but this one's more of a flyer and that's cordell cordero hodge right i've been talking about him for weeks now and unfortunately he's had these games where he's been playing in the rain and it's been just nasty weather week in and week out but finally he had a little bit of an easier schedule and guess what at least when it comes to the weather and he gave you decent production you know against Tennessee. Where Tennessee just blew out the Colts, you know, running the game in, you know, Cleveland, where they can't stop a running back in some weeks. We could easily see, you know, Derrick Henry give this t- uh, Titans team a two touchdown lead. You know, Kadero Hodge might be that guy that Baker Mayfield has to target deep. And although Baker Mayfield hasn't been extremely accurate, you know, we're talking about a guy that all he needs is three catches and he's going to give you, you know, 50 plus yards and a touchdown in a lot of those cases. And he has a he has boom potential written all over him, too. So in deeper leagues, I like hero Hodge, especially this week up against the Titans. You guys have anything to add to that?
1: You sold me.
2: Yeah, I, I like it. If, if the weather holds up, it seems like Cleveland gets the gets the worst straw in that in that uh, stack most of the time with the weather. But yeah,
0: yeah it right. does. I also want to pick up Sanu as a stash. He saw like, what, three red zone targets or something like that this past week from Matt Stafford in an offense that is dying for wide receivers. Uh, he only had a few snaps, but he still saw a ton of targets. So Sanu is going to be a pickup and stash. I'm not going to be playing him off the bat or anything, but I will keep him on the back end of my roster, especially for deeper leagues, but even like 12 team leagues. If you're like, if you're sitting there struggling at wide receiver, you know, maybe you had Will Fuller, who we're about to talk about here in a second, and you can't get a hold of some of these other guys because you ran out of Fab. I don't think that Sanu is a bad play. I don't think he's a bad pickup and and stash, at least. Now, the two biggest ads, right, of the entire wide receiver slate actually come down to the team who just lost, right, their number two option and their number three option the week before that. This is the quarterback, right, who's top five in yards, top five in completion percentage, top five in touchdowns, and he's first overall in yards per attempt and adjusted yards per attempt. So, man, I'm going to be like Snoop Dogg, right? Like I'm going to be pulling out this money gun and I'm going to make it rain all over both <laughs> these guys. I am making sure that I end up with Isaiah Coulter and I'm making sure that I end up with Kiki Kuti as well. I do think that they will likely bring in some sort of competition, but both these guys know the offense. Both these guys are somewhat comfortable with Sean Watson. And I think that both these guys have a tremendous amount of upside with a high floor. Now Kiki Kuti more so than Isaiah Coulter. Cause I don't think Isaiah Coulter has even played it. even played a snap yet this year. No. But either way, they're expecting, at least from the, the Texans website, they're coming out. All the beat reporters are saying that he is the number three option in this offense. Uh, the other guy that, who's out there right now which is like Steve Miller or something like that. He's just a gadget type player and a special teams guy. So Isaiah Coulter is that third option. But Kiki Kuti for me is a smash.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I like the Kiki Kuti. Take on that. Uh, I'm not so big on Coulter. I think the third option in that offense will either be the running back or the tight ends that we'll talk about in a little bit.
0: Yeah, and and that's something as to where, like I said, I brought that up. And to the point of the running back situation, I did do some research about over a year ago or so where if you saw a wide receiver one or two leave, one that was actually significantly involved in the offense, the uptick in targets actually went to the pass catching running back in most cases. So Duke Johnson. I know that it's a tougher schedule and I'm not stoked to play him, but I'm not going to be dropping Duke Johnson because of the schedule. You know, if you're in a tough spot, Duke Johnson could be the flag. Now, David Johnson is the big question mark. You know, like he could see a huge uptick in targets, but is he going to play? Is he going to be healthy? We don't know that. So, you know, Duke Johnson for me might even remain more of a, a high end, higher end upside play than David Johnson. If he comes back and he looks, you know, old and rusty. Which he will. Yeah. Now on to the tight end position, right? Let's
2: go ahead and bring this tight end position up. Oh man, and Robert Tunyon. Oh my God, I don't know how he is not owned. Like I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Are you guys not listening to us? 46.1% owned. I, I don't I don't believe it. If he is available, go out and grab him and then just smile for the rest of the season. His last four games are up against Philly, Detroit, Carolina, and Tennessee. Three te- Three out of the four teams in the bottom half of the league against tight ends. Uh, he, he's obviously got a report going with Aaron Rodgers. And, and we talked about Alan Lazard earlier. I, I think he is just as much trustworthy as Alan Lazard is in that offense for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah.
0: I've been talking about tiny now for, for six weeks. I don't, I didn't even write show notes for this because I'm just so yeah. over talking about him. Like <laughs> he should already be up. Yep. All right. The other one for you down there at the bottom, if everybody could see.
2: Yeah. I really like this one and I've been calling his name a couple times uh, these past couple weeks. Say Trey my name, Burton. My name. <laughs> Uh, I liked him when he was back in Chicago and he just didn't pan out because well, Chicago's offense sucks. Um, But Trey Burton at least 25 yards and a touchdown in his last two games, easily one of the most underrated tight ends this year in the league. He gets the same sweet schedule. Like we talked about earlier with, with Michael Pittman and Phillip Rivers, he plays Houston twice and Vegas in the middle. Uh, I, I think there's yes, they throw the, the, the touchdown passes the I'm sorry, the red zone passes to the tight end position. You don't know who's going to get it. But obviously, Trey Burton is getting those targets in the end zone. So I, I'm going with Trey Burton if I'm in if I'm in some need of a tight end this week.
1: Well, and don't forget, they've they got him two rushing touchdowns this year, too. So they like to use him in different ways. So you never know how he's going to score. And Philip Rivers, I mean, I, I think about Antonio Gates. I think about Hunter Henry when he was in San Diego slash L.A. And Burton seems to be that guy for him now more than Doyle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it's something as to where uh, Trey Burton is the go-to option. But, you know, we never know what Philip Rivers is going to do. So that does make me nervous. But, hell, I have Trey Burton in almost every league. So, once again, yep. I've been harping <laughs> on it. I'm not going to talk about it too much. But okay. – we do want to talk about two guys who we brought up earlier. You know, Aikens and Fells over there who are seeing the majority of the snaps. Pharaoh Brown's in there screwing things up too. Like, you know, this thing is is kind of up in the air. But I like both Akins and Fells. Aikens more so than Fells to be the waiver wire pickups, as Akins is typically more involved in the pass catching, uh, you know, scheme of things between the twenties. Now, when it gets in the red zone, that's more so Fells. But you know, Will Fuller wasn't a red zone target. You know, like. Randall Cobb, to an extent, was not a red zone target. So we're talking about Akins potentially making up some of that, that yardage, that gap yardage that's going to be missing. I love Aikens as a pickup, but I still, if I don't have an option to pick up Aikens, I will try and put a few bucks out for Fells.
2: Yeah, no, I like Akins and and his availability is 4.5% ownership. Fells 2.2% yeah. ownership. Don't even put a bid in on Fells. <laughs> just wait until your waivers clear and just and strictly just pick him up. Uh Akins, you might have to spend a dollar or two on him. I don't I don't see anybody really going out and grabbing him possibly because of I'm grabbing the loss floor. Yeah, you're grabbing him by the balls. <laughs> 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 um but yeah, I I like I like Akins more so over overfells we saw what he could do uh up against baltimore in week two he went seven on seven targets 55 yards uh, he, he can do the job i think it's his job moving forward now
0: there's one guy that i want to bring up that's dynasty ad right for all you dynasty dynasty out there that are listening right now what is his name kyle waring Warring Cahill, Cahill, Cahill Warren. That's right. Yeah. Yes. I haven't said his name in so long that I forgot how to say it. And I know how to say everybody's names, but that's Preseason. how long I haven't said it in because Preseason. he has been injured pretty much since 2019, you know, can't stay on the field. And then when he does see opportunities, it's far and few between. So when I sat there and I broke down the salary caps, you know, looking at some of these things, I did find out something very interesting. They can move on from fells in 2021, this upcoming offseason say 4 million in cap space and i don't know if you guys knew this or not but he's gonna be 35 in 2021 i didn't know that like my mind is like blown like i had no clue that he was that old god he's so
2: old that's why yeah well he's he's younger than us nate don't worry yeah i know you guys are so thank god so old i don't look (laughs) as old as uh darren fells does but yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I, Aikens was the, the dynasty snag and grab and stash in the beginning of the season. And he's going to be the guy going forward in the offense. He looks cleaner. He looks crisp. Uh, Deshaun Watson loves using the tight end uh, on short routes. I, I think Aikens is a smash. And, and if, you will, if you think Kahel Waring is going to get in there, I, I like him more as a, as a, uh, as a blocking tight end. But, hey, if you want to take a shot on him and he's free, why not? If you have the space. Might as well.
0: Yeah, I think he's perfect for Dynasty leagues, especially with how the tight end landscape is so fucked up. So that's pretty much going to wrap us up. Do we have anybody else we wanted to bring up for the waiver wire show?
1: I think we're solid. I think we covered everybody.
2: <laughs> yeah, right, pretty man. much. I mean, yeah, we covered a lot on tight ends. I don't think I have anybody else, really. All yep, right, well... Nope. Make sure, guys,
0: to check us out tonight. I'm going to be going live with Steffi Smalls. Steffi Smalls is actually in the house with us right now. Steffi Smalls. She is going to be live with me, doing the injury report tonight. Where we're going to sit there, and we're going to dive into these injuries. We're going to figure out exactly which players you should avoid, which players you should, you know, actually hop onto. You know, which ones to be concerned about, and which ones that we don't even know what's going to happen. Like, you know, there's, there's going to be tons of questions all about it so make sure you guys tune in for that youtube.com slash fantasy intervention for the injury report live at eight o'clock tonight excited for this guys we're going to smash faces while we cry guys that's going to wrap it up for us y'all want
1: to let everybody know where to find you just find me at jenny jack 2017 on twitter and with in between media
2: And you can find me at FF underscore chef on Twitter, everything at T I R underscore pod and check out the fantasy six pack on Wednesdays on YouTube on our join our circle underscore channel.
0: Absolutely. And last but not least, you guys can check me out at FF underscore intervention. You guys can also go join our circle over there on Patreon, patreon.com slash fantasy intervention and join our group, like join our Twitter, go follow our Twitter page, right? At join our circle underscore thank you, you guys you will not you will not you just won't you just won't it'll be there no. and it'll be great so thank you guys for tw- tuning in again Tuning in thank you guys for tuning in again and thank you guys for letting us interview with your fantasy football life
2: we're out of here Peace.